0: on
1: the shelf. If it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. ba 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 That's when you'll know he's around. You'll see him if you look. On tonight's episode of Horror on the Rocks, Frank and Joe wish you a happy Halloween, to make the best horror movies featuring books, and review the 2014 film, The Babadook. Coming for you, Barbara. Look, that comes one of them now. Welcome, Welcome, everybody. Yes, Horror on the Rocks, episode two. Episode two, you made it. We did. You made it here with us. Yeah, thanks to all of our listeners for coming back for our second episode. I think... uh, We've done the first one, which is the hardest thing to get through to kind of figure out how it works, what doesn't work. So I think from here on out, it's only going to go up and get better and better. (laughs) I hope so. Um, I think we have a great episode uh, tonight.
0: Bunch of, bunch of fun things to talk about, a really fun list, and a movie that I think is probably going to be a pretty contentious debate between the two of us. Yeah, ones.
1: there will be some disagreement, there yeah. will be some tears maybe, I don't know, uh, how, not how tears. is this going to get? <laughs> <I've been laughs> had a, I don't think I've had enough on the rocks beverages <laughs> to get to tears, yeah. um, speaking of which,
0: uh let's start this episode the way we will be starting all of these episodes by uh sharing a drink with you guys so joe what are you drinking tonight
1: well we hope all you out there are enjoying something to drink whether it's a cocktail or something else delicious i'm having a classic gin and ginger the gin is from liberty gin which is a local gin distillery very delicious kind of potent a little bit of a A kick to it, Um, and I mixed that up with some Trader Joe's Triple Ginger beer. DJ is coming in with the uh, mixer. It's delicious. It's hitting the spot. Um, How about you? What are you working on? I am.
0: So I'm drinking the whiskey that I said I was going to drink in the first episode, the uh, Bullet Bourbon Frontier Whiskey. Um, It is my go-to bourbon, and um, I love it. It's great. It's good. I, I got a bunch of ice cubes in there, as I mentioned last time. Disappointing all real bourbon drinkers, but Hey, that's, that's the way I like my bourbon, and uh, I love this bourbon. So. so I
1: noticed that you're drinking bourbon second week in a row. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be a common thing? Are you going to switch it up, or are you just sticking to bourbon?
0: I'm going to use this podcast as an excuse to try so many different kinds of bourbon.
1: Okay. Because I love bourbon, and I love it all on the rocks. So all right. this, is
0: a, this is a good excuse for okay. you know, masking alcoholism, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I can get you to
1: try <laughs> a different thing. We'll like experiment, perhaps. I with, will. We should right.
0: definitely do an episode where you... You pick a drink for you, and I pick a drink for me, and the other person has to drink. Can we
1: have backups in case we despise them? (laughs) Because I have a feeling you're going to pick bourbon for me, and I'm not going to like it. But yeah, let's see where it goes.
0: So welcome to the show. Before, we got a lot of things to get into tonight, but uh, before we do anything, we neglected to mention on the first episode how to get a hold of us. Um, Definitely the best way to get a hold of us is on Instagram, at Horror on the Rocks. We've received notifications that we're now on Stitcher and Google. Google Play Music.
1: Ooh, moving on up. Yeah, fancy.
0: And we are on iTunes. We uh, made it. <laughs> <laughs> it took a very long time for some reason. I don't know why it took so long for them to approve us. Probably because the content was so good. They just wanted to listen to it over and over again. But we are there. You can find us there. Um, and yeah, so that's that's basically our online presence. Um, before we get into this episode, just a couple things from last episodes. I call this, We got a Buckley the dog here. So my dog room, Buckley is, uh, is playing with his joining his us. Toys all over the place. Um,
1: so Buckley, my sweet little pooch, is hanging out with us today. Um, but yeah, go for it. Um, uh, corrections. I said a couple things that were incorrect. Uh, I
0: said uh, Jessica Walters instead of Jessica Walter, who was the mm. uh, original voice of the Chucky doll. Uh, Forrest Gump did not come out in 1998. It came out in 1994. Okay. Um I referred to the killer in Chucky or in Child's Play as the Lakeshore Killer at one point, not the Lakeshore Strangler. Um and uh at one point in the episode I said hobo, and I didn't realize that hobo is not um uh, a proper vernacular in the pawns of our time. Right. And uh I just I, I hope I didn't offend anybody,
1: but And um, I have no corrections to make. <laughs> I didn't say anything wrong. I uh, did my job flawlessly, but yeah. I mean... Perfect out of the shooting from Joe. <laughs>
0: no, nothing, nothing to change. Um, but before we get to the rest of the show in this episode, I want to say, Joe, happy Halloween.
1: Yes, happy almost Halloween to you.
0: Yeah, I treat happy Halloween like saying happy holidays. Like if we're in the month of October, I'm telling people it's happy Halloween. It's a seasonal...
1: Absolutely, event, celebration! Yeah, and
0: uh, for us here in Philadelphia, I think we mentioned in the first episode this uh, podcast is from Philly. But if not, we are coming to you from Philadelphia, and uh, it just became Halloween weather here. Like last week, yeah. it went from like 85 degrees. To suddenly, yeah. it's a little, it's sweatshirt
1: weather. It's a little breezy. It feels it's just so been, good. It's been awesome. It feels great. I got my pumpkin spice O's, like the cereal <laughs> from Trader's. I got my pumpkin spice coffee. The weather went down, like it's starting to feel more like Halloween. Yeah. And with that are some movies coming out.
0: Yeah. um, Really kind of awesome slate of movies that are either out right now or about to be out. Um, or, or that you're just throwing trailers at us right during Halloween because they know I want to spend my entire lunch break at work watching trailers for <laughs> horror movies. Um, we're recording this on October 16th, and this Friday, October 19th, the latest installment of Halloween comes out.
1: Yeah, Yeah, um, I think it's about 40 years after the original, and they're kind of just ignoring all the sequels following the original, which is pretty funny, and a good way, I think, to restart the series and kind of reboot it in a way um but jamie lee curtis is back the trailer looks great I'm i'm so pumped for it i think it's gonna be scary um I'm glad that she's back in it. I'm, I'm on board.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic because they've taken a couple cracks at this kind of rebooting the Halloween series. and Some of them weren't too good. Some of them have been good, but some of them haven't. Rob Zombie did a nice remake a couple years ago. But there are a couple in the middle that just, I don't know, they, whether they were a continuation of old stuff that didn't quite Work or a restart that didn't quite work. Um, But they've had some good ones in the mix, so I hope this
1: one is. Yeah, and the fact that she's on board, though, I think makes it promising. Um, But yeah, so that's coming out. And then
0: next Friday, the remake of Suspiria comes out, which is a movie, I want to say it was from the, the 70s, that was done by this guy, Dario uh, Argento? Argento, yeah, yeah. And he so he like I think he wrote, directed the whole thing. It's an Italian based horror film. Um, that's I, so I tried to watch it one time, but I got a DVD copy of it that was like so grainy, like so desperately needed to be remastered. I was having a hard time making out who the characters were. Mm. So I've got it re on my list for my DVD, Blu Ray, Netflix queue because now they've remastered it. I want to see it again. Um, but so I, I, I think that he. I don't know if he did the screenplay for the new one or if he's involved, but it's directed by uh, Luca, and I'm going to butcher his last name. I'm going to say Guadagnino, who's the guy. Yeah, who direct- I doubt
1: that's the, <laughs> the pronunciation. <laughs> Lu- Luca
0: Guadagnino. But
1: yeah, well, he directed with it.
0: "Call Me by Your Name," which was that hugely oh, uh, successful,
1: interesting Oscar darling from last year. Yeah. So this is
0: a real steep turn. This trailer looks incredible. It
1: looks bizarre you don't quite get it it's more disturbing visually i like that tilda swinton's in it who yeah is one of my favorite actresses and, chloe uh, grace mortez moretz moretz yeah moretz is her in it. the girl from the new character dakota johnson plays the main character yeah. um i have not seen the original so i need to do my homework yeah and whenever there's a reboot or a remake i need to see the original just to kind of compare contrast yeah give the original it's it's due time, but yeah, uh, yeah. So that's gonna be an interesting one, I think.
0: Speaking of redos and remakes, uh, last week the, uh, the Hollywood decided to bless us with a trailer for a remake of Pet Cemetery, which was a movie that I definitely saw as a kid as a Stephen King based on a Stephen King novel. Um, the trailer came out last week. It says it's coming out in April 2019. Yeah, we have I'm, some I'm optimistic. Time. It looks,
1: I don't know, it looks interesting to me. I've never seen the original either. Yeah. So the more I to this podcast and prepare for it, I realized I haven't seen a lot of the classics, <laughs> so yeah, I had my work cut out for me. Yeah, um, I think the remake looks great in a sense because it has John Lithgow, yeah. who I'm also a big fan of. Who,
0: for those of you who've seen the movie before, it looks like John Lithgow is going to play the Fred Gwynn character, who's really important in the. Uh, he's really important in the movie, and I could really see kind of like a old, now gray-bearded John Lithgow. Playing that character really well.
1: Um, why is "Cemetery" spelled with an "s"?
0: Is it? Yeah, I guess it is spelled wrong. It's I I don't completely know. Completely
1: incorrect. I yeah. don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> if there's some reason, some significance oh yeah, it's spelled with an it. "s." Um, yeah, which bugs yeah, me. Yeah, I don't
0: know why it's spelled like that, but um, yeah, that I think that's the way the first one was spelled. And then too.
1: I think it too might come out next year. The yeah. second part we haven't of got any the, teasers for that yet have we no but they announced the cast yeah um bill Hader from snl is gonna be in it oh. so it's all the kids grown up jessica chastain's gonna play beverly oh so it's gonna be like a heavy hitters
0: cast after yeah. how
1: well the first one did. there's some unknowns but yeah they have some big names too That's so awesome. some movies to look forward to yeah. but oh. with
0: Before we we move on from that, a whole bunch of new slate of kind of horror, Halloween-related stuff on Netflix. If you guys are not watching, and I want to make sure I get the name right, The Haunting of Hill House, check this out. I do not typically like horror TV shows. I'm not a big American Horror Story fan. Oh, I love American
1: Horror Story. Exactly.
0: So uh, my uh, soon-to-be baby mama, shout-out Lauren, uh, loves American Horror Story. And we've been watching, we're like halfway through, I think we're on episode 6 or 7 of 10 of this Netflix show, and
1: we're loving it. She says it's even better than American Horror Story. I hear it's actually scary and kind of dreadful. like American Horror Story... Is more it's gotten more campy and comedic and yeah. not necessarily scary. There some episodes and seasons have, but overall though, the tone has kind of changed. But yeah. from what I've read about the Netflix show, it's definitely like a well done horror suspense, like traditional. It like really yeah. just kind of gets under your skin.
0: The wor- whatever did you say dreadful? That is a yeah. very good way to describe the type of horror that it is. I think it is scary. It does have a good storyline, and I won't you know. It's, it's called the, the Haunting of Hill House without spoiling anything. It's about a family that experiences very traumatic event or series of events in uh, a long time ago in a, in a very haunted house, but it also has them as adults, um you know and it kind of flashes back from the present to the past okay. and it does it in a really kind of fun way that's that's hard to keep track of sometimes but i think adds to the feeling of it and I, maybe the end is going to suck and in the next podcast i yeah. want to come on and be like guys i take back everything ignore I everything
1: mind. hill house was garbage yeah. well it's based on that shirley jackson book have you read the book yeah um, i have and they did a the movie book. uh like 98 Catherine zeta jones was in it it was called the haunting which was Based oh, on that. book. Oh, really? So yeah, it, I it's, didn't realize it's loosely that. based. This show is loosely based on that book, yeah. the Shirley Jackson one, which is a famous story. Um, yeah, but yeah, and Netflix always has a number of. It's, it's a range. There's some like really quality scary movies, and they always add some during Halloween. And then you have a wide gamut, and then you have some real just like. F list, just clunkers, awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if, if you're, you're
0: if you're digging for something you haven't seen, is as I'm always looking for horror stuff I haven't seen, and I'm willing to give some Netflix uh, stuff a shot. I really feel like uh, this this yeah. Hill House show is.
1: There's good. something for everyone, <laughs> kind of like this podcast. <laughs> uh, I hope so. I hope uh, so. So let's dive into it. Episode yeah. two. Um, we're gonna start off with the list. So along with the cocktail portion. Uh, each episode, like we mentioned, there's gonna be a list where we list out whatever movies we think fit into that category. So today's category is gonna be horror movies that feature books in it, okay, or where um, you know a, a book is is a important plays an important part in the movie, or where a character in the movie. Is a writer, a novelist, is working on a book, literature, something of that sort. Yeah. So, uh, when,
0: um, so we're we're gonna be full reviewing the Babadook later, and when Joe threw this out there, um, as you know horror movies featuring books I realized we'd have to kind of cast a wide um uh, kind of a wide net about what we'd consider in this category so some of mine are movies that I really really like that feature a book or a writer or some literature heavily uh another others or another one on my list is definitely one where like it's it might be not even actually a horror movie but I think it falls in the vein of of things that podcast listeners of this podcast would like and the
1: book is such an important part. I feel like we may have chosen just the way you described it <laughs> and knowing where, where your interests lie and probably yeah. knowing what some of my favorite well. movies are. It's possible we have the same one. So, uh just
0: a couple ground rules for this. Um we oh, decided that rules. when someone so last episode I picked a list, Joe picked the one this time. I get to go first. And if I pick one of Joe's movies, or Joe's picks one off of mine, we are not gonna double up like we did last time with I know what you did last summer. You gotta you gotta go to your honorable mentions and try to put together your best top three.
1: Okay. So So what is your first movie? My, my
0: first is, is probably a, a cheap pick. It's probably the one of the first ones that come to mind for everybody is the evil dead uh, the book is such a central figure in that movie um, you know no it's a central figure in both the original I, I, it's in the sequels and then obviously with a totally different tone totally different feel it's in the remake which by the way if you guys have not seen the remake of evil dead rent it go see it it's super scary but uh yeah my my first pick is the classic book horror movie in my mind with the evil dead
1: okay I couldn't do this list justice without mentioning uh, and this movie's not necessarily a horror movie, but a book is featured in it and it's an important part of the book of the movie and it's just an all around great movie, especially for Halloween. You could watch it year round. Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> you had this one on your list, didn't you? No, I didn't you have did this it? one on my list. Yes! I really thought you were. Yeah, have... I
0: knew you'd go for Hocus Pocus, uh, so I didn't bother to put it on you. my you're list. Thank you, you're too kind. But Joe and I both have a special uh, love for this movie. I've actually already watched it uh, this season. How many okay. times? Uh, just once. How okay. many times have you watched it?
1: Not any yet, which uh. is kind of bad for me. Yeah. I It's on my list of things to do, but I haven't gotten to it. But um, yeah, obviously the book in Hocus Pocus is a huge part of the book it's what br- or the movie excuse me what's what brings back the three Sanderson sisters um, the book has an eye I remember just being like whoa those effects are so cool like what a creepy you know feature to have in a book like this thing's alive um, I love the ending of the movie I mean the movie as a whole obviously is amazing and perfection and it's just 25 years by the way kind it's the 25th kind... anniversary of the movie this wow, year wow old yeah you should I,
0: I would definitely agree I think it's the best or, or at least one of the best I can think of uh, children's movie that kind of like touches with touches on like the horror genre and like maybe gives kids their first oh my god that movie scared me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, introduces
1: um, kids to horror it, in a way. It's
0: funny. There's a bunch of adult jokes in the movie you don't get until it much later. It holds up.
1: Life. It really holds yeah. up. Um everyone's so good in it. But what I love about the book too at the end is just that you think the movie's over, everything is, you know, great, happy ending, and the book's eye just opens up and you're like <gasps> <laughs> to be continued. I'm kinda of glad yeah. there was no C se- Well, actually, I want to say there is no sequel. There is apparently yeah. the last thing I read is that there's a sequel in the works on like the Disney Channel. Yeah. Which I am really anti. Just the fact that none of the original cast members are in it. It may have this whole like Disney remake. Perspective, which I don't know. I'm I'm just very reluctant and yeah. resistant. But. I, I would
0: I would hate to see the the Hocus Pocus legacy get tarnished by a made for Disney Channel version or yeah. sequel. That would just suck. No, it, um,
1: it, we'll just have to ignore it and pretend yeah. it never happened. So yeah. that's my first yeah. one. What's your next? Uh,
0: second pick is uh, I've decided this is my all time favorite horror movie. I've decided I will limit myself to mentioning The Shining. Uh, on one episode per month, because left to my left to no self control, I probably try to work The Shining in on every list. Uh, in The Shining, if you know, generally speaking, if a movie's older, I'm going to assume that people have seen it. Or at least have a point of reference for it that we can talk about it. More recent movies, I'll do. I'll try to not spoil, you know, stuff in the past three, maybe five years. But Shining's been around since the mid '70s, and uh, you or, should know what happens. You should know what now. happens. Obviously, they're they're uh, shacked up for the winter in the Overlook Hotel, and he is, and Jack Nicholson's character is writing a book, and it's really one of the scariest scenes in the movie. Is with his manuscript, the uh, all work no play make Jack a dull boy, in a million... yeah, on the typewriter. Yeah, and he's got a, he's got like a kind of a stack of paper that is his manuscript, and she walks in and starts flipping through it and realizing like. Oh, I was right. He's lost his mind. He is losing. Yeah. So, that is, you know, a a movie about a writer, a movie where his manuscript or would be book is a super scary part of it. I love it. I will take every opportunity that Joe will let me to talk about The Shining and how I think it is one of the greatest, definitely the greatest horror movie uh, of all time. Um, So, yeah, those are my top two. What do you got for your second? So, you hit your October quota with The Shining. Yeah. So, not till November, I'll try to control my uh, my Shining fanboyness.
1: You know, actually, with The Shining, I must add one thing. So I grew up watching The Simpsons, and my first exposure to The Shining was actually one of the Treehouse of Horror episodes. Have oh, you watched yeah. The Sim- yeah, it's yeah. Is where they do sort of the retelling of The Shining, and that was my first, again, sort of foray into um, The Shining. So I saw that before seeing the original movie. So when I think of The Shining, well, that's funny. I always just reference The Simpsons episode, which was so... Yeah. Awesome and funny and well done. The things I've learned from The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. I'm on numero dos on my list. I'm going to go with Misery. Ah, Is that yes. on your list? No, is okay. not on my list. All right. Misery, I read the I, book first. I went, with, I went with a better movie about an author. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, so obviously Misery, um, as many of you may have seen it already. If you haven't, it's about a uh, novelist, gets into a car accident. He's rescued... Um, by this deranged fan played by Kathy Bates. It was one of her first movie roles. Really? And she just taps into this character yeah. so well. It's she just, does crazy very well. At first you're like, oh, this is just some kind of like sweet caregiver. And then you're like, oh no, she <laughs> is not all there. No, and just yeah. starts to terrorize um, James Caan, who plays the main character. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a great movie. Um, and one of the funniest things I could think of with this movie though, is that I went to a drag show in Provincetown. There's this really (laughs) funny drag queen named Dina Martina and sometimes drag queens will have like a video montage in the beginning of the show and she just played the scenes. There's this epic scene where Kathy Bates has either like a sledgehammer or something and smashes it on james khan's ankle or foot do you remember that scene yeah yeah and just like breaks i think it's his ankle or maybe yeah. it's his knee it's really gruesome so <laughs> the dra- dina martina just had this like recurring image it's like over and over again. this clip just playing <laughs> i'm like the sledgehammer coming down oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. so it's like a great way to start off a drag show i mean yeah. you really don't know what you're getting yourself into after that but um yeah, yeah so it's very, very good. I'm,
0: this I'm nowhere near as, uh, did her character have something to do with no, Misery? No, nothing, nothing. It was just that scene? It was probably
1: just the shock value and yeah. you're just like, oh, what? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah. Uh, I love that movie. Yeah, it, well, is, a,
0: it is a good one. I, I will say is a good. it's definitely, once I realized that it, to do this list really justice, we'd have to be talking about author horror movies. Yeah. I, was, I thought of Misery. Misery is a really good one i I did not pick misery because I was like, I'm not gonna do more than one about an author and obviously I hit my shining quote all right so yeah, what do
1: you got now? Your so last one. my
0: last one uh, is admittedly not a horror movie okay it is definitely something that falls in that kind of comedy that plays on horror tropes, you know there's ghosts and supernatural and stuff like that, but I had to pick it because the book itself in this movie is so. Great, and that is Beetlejuice.
1: Oh
0: shoot! And the handbook for the recently deceased. I didn't
1: even think of Beetlejuice.
0: Yeah, I it's, oh it's such gosh. a great movie. It was one of actually my favorite movies as a kid. If if you know if we were doing that kind of, we tried to pick horror movies when we did the list of horror movies we loved as kids. But like as Hocus Pocus would have been on that for me, like Beetlejuice would have been on that. You know, not really a horror movie, yeah, but kind of touching on scary stuff. And totally. uh, the the book is just so awesome like the handbook for the recently deceased yeah um and it's you know it's iconic i mean you see it on t-shirts and stuff now
1: oh yeah yeah good choice yeah so what about you what do you round things up? my last one is cabin in the woods have Mm. you seen that one i loved it Um, also
0: kind of a genre tweener yeah Yeah. it's not
1: just your traditional horror movie it kind of dies into those um sort of the uh like stereotypes of of a horror movie in a way it it like tackles that but then it twists it around and it has this supernatural element this sort of sci-fi aspect it's kind of like mocking the genre a little bit too but um yeah so there's this part in the book or sorry in the movie where they read this diary so not necessarily a book but a piece of literature in a way right or something written um,
0: I, I, I thought on it. I, I, I had it on my uh, honorable mentions. Okay, so I also considered it a book.
1: All right, good. Yeah. So it'll pass. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so upon reading this diary, uh, these, this, I think it resurrects this family that is has uh, long deceased, and then things transpire and yeah. things go badly. But that's sort of what leads to the events in the movie. um But yeah, so the book plays or the diary plays an important part in the movie, uh, and it's a. Good movie. You know, it's, I it's I like funny. that movie too. I, I i liked it a lot. It's
0: yeah, I think at the end of the day when you watch a horror movie, at least I watch a horror movie, I'm looking to be caught off guard a little bit. And that movie feels like from the inception a very sort of deliberate, almost for formulaic setup for a horror movie. That's the word I was looking for. Formulaic. <laughs> Thank and, you. And then it takes I, I don't want to ruin this one for folks that haven't seen it. Maybe we'll give it an episode later. But um mm. I it takes a huge kind of turn and not just the plot but what, the kind of movie it is and it, it's it's still scary but it it kind of it, it really transitions into something totally different but still really fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an unexpected twist ending that yeah. left me feeling oh wow I haven't seen that before and that's yeah. what's special about the movie.
0: Any any honorable mentions before we before we move on?
1: That covers it actually. I got. All mine out. I'm good.
0: Yeah. I the only I had a couple other ones on there that I thought were good.
1: Um, there's
0: a book. Well, there's... And then I just started thinking of any horror movies where there's a book. There's a book in Hereditary. Um, and I loved that movie. There's a book in... Have you seen The Witch? Came out in 2015. It's a really yeah. slow... There's a book in that one. Okay. Um... And
1: then what so it's else? This actually did I a add? few more than what we thought. Yeah.
0: And then uh, the other one, which is more of just a, you know, coming at you straight horror movie, it's a Blumhouse movie, is Sinister. Uh, I think it's Ethan Hawke is the main character. He's an author in that.
1: All right. Yeah. So that is our segue into our movie today. So as Frank mentioned, today we're going to pick apart the Baba Duke. Oh, and I am going to pick it apart. Baba, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> Baba Duke, Duke, Duke. I'm a huge fan of this movie, and as you can tell, Frank thinks differently about it. Uh, But um, yeah, so let's talk about this one. I wanted to talk about this one because I remember when I first saw it, I thought it was just, again, not your traditional formulaic horror movie. There's a lot more depth in it. I think it just tackles issues that have not necessarily been tackled in horror or does it in a different cool way. Um, It's an Australian movie. It came out in 2014, written by Jennifer Kent, who is also Australian. The movie had a $2 million budget, grossed $10.3 million. Um, And for a movie with that small of a budget, it actually didn't do horribly. But I guess based on the numbers and whatnot, it was deemed kind of a bomb. Um, I feel like it really became popular once it was on Netflix. That's where I first watched yeah. it, and when I first heard about it. Um,
0: it only did about it did about a million in theaters in the United States. Um, overall and that was after kind of a limited release that did better than they expected I don't remember
1: even being released in theaters I, I don't ever
0: remember seeing it in theaters I remember watching it on Netflix when you recommended it to me the first
1: time did I really yeah
0: it was pretty shortly oh, after we started working together so, you you mentioned it to me when you know at some point we realized we were both obsessed with horror movies and I remember
1: watching it and we like
0: I don't know about this guy and his, and I and still his talk, crappy horror movie picks <laughs> I still talk to you after that I'm surprised <laughs> yeah, after, after I turned down a <laughs> beloved
1: horror movie for you um so, yeah, uh, it is a – so it's no longer on Netflix, actually, because I thought I could rewatch it Which, on there.
0: by the way – is probably the thing I'm most frustrated with you about having to review this movie. I had to pay for it. Yeah, I fired up Netflix last night. I waited to the last minute to watch it because I've been immersed in Hill House. By the way, watch Hill House. Yeah. If you ever not watching Hill House, watch Hill House. <laughs> it is so good. Anyway, I I, I jump on last night I'm like oh, I gotta watch this damn Babadook movie again, and I had to pay for it. It wasn't on Netflix. Yeah. I had to fire up Comcast, give them four bucks to uh, to watch to watch this movie that. I don't know. I just think it we'll get into the substance later. let's yeah. let's uh, finish the nuts and bolts.
1: So the movie stars Essie Davis. She plays Amelia, the mother in the movie. Yeah, and just quick backstory. Her husband dies um in a car accident. He dies, though, while she is pregnant and on the way to give birth to her son, Samuel.
0: Yeah, things we kind of figure out later. Because, like, the first shot in the movie is this car crash. And it's it's just a close-up of her face. And there's glass flying everywhere. So, you're like, okay, there's a car crash. And then at some point in the movie, we learn that she is a widow with her just demon-spawn most annoying child that has ever been put on film.
1: He's got some issues. He's definitely got some behavioral issues. Oh, I that think is that- a gross understanding. <laughs> David.
0: he's he's the most annoying child that anyone has ever filmed
1: i mean he's gone through some stuff too so i'm trying he, to be sympathetic listen
0: but. I, I i there is a lot of terrible things that can happen to a child in their life and certainly losing a parent at any stage is terrible but he is just the most oh god he's unbelievably annoying and his poor mother cannot wrangle his behavior in any sort of effective
1: way so and what I was saying before, though, so the mother, her the, or the husband, father dies in the way of the hospital. And yeah. that's, so husband dies, son is born, and that kind of sets up this complicated relationship dynamic between... The mother and Samuel.
0: And we pick up on Samuel's, like, right around his fifth birthday, sixth birthday. Yeah. A little older. Maybe
1: he's, like, seven or eight. He's so, in grade school. He's in grade school, and it's obviously a tough day for the mom, and I think just, in general, she's had a tough time grieving the loss of her husband. It's this complicated situation where, you know, she loses her husband, but her son's born on the same day that her husband died, like, that's gonna mess you up. Yeah. Um. So, she doesn't celebrate the son's birthday, actually, on his birthday because i think it just triggers trauma and memories so he shares a birthday or he, when they celebrate his birthday it's on the same day as his cousin who is i think the far more annoying child the his cousin? cousin is i think her name is ruby she's, just that one bad scene she's a brat <laughs> she stinks
0: she doesn't want to share a birthday with another kid who yeah. who it's not even his same birthday
1: Yeah, but then she starts like berating him for not having a dad, and no one likes you, and gets pushed out the treehouse. That that is nasty. But I I will I will
0: say that at the point that 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 starts, it's not cool. It is not cool. It's exactly the kind of thing I assume little kids. You know, I the other thing I was worrying about watching this movie is I'm about to have a baby. Uh, podcast in case you didn't yeah, know yeah papa frank <laughs> and i am concerned that all six and seven year olds are as nasty and terrible as samuel and his cousin ruby because boy are they both just garbage children are you excited to have a kid like samuel oh god i hope not <laughs> i mean like let's just quick run through some of the stuff that happens in the beginning of this movie to establish how samuel is how terrible samuel is and how just Awful. His mom's just having a horrendous time trying to manage him, right? So, first of all, he has weapons at like all times during this movie. Like they're they're like medieval catapult, homemade guns. kind of weapons, and, it looks like. And she keeps telling him, like, oh, I told you, Samuel, don't play with weapons. Like For the love of God, take the weapons away from him,
1: woman. Right, so is it really Samuel's fault? Or are there some parenting (laughs) issues and questions we have with Amelia? Uh, We have
0: plenty of parenting questions uh, with Amelia. We'll get to those. So we find out he's getting kicked out of school because he's just a terror. And he keeps Um, bringing weapons to school. Yeah, and the mom is – he keeps bringing weapons to school. They're having the conversation with the principal, and, like, the the wooden gun that he (laughs) built is, like, sitting on the table. And he builds this, like, backpack catapult thing that, like – a child simply could not build. Yeah. A chi, a chi, children that age do not understand like leverage and physics enough to build. I mean, this thing was breaking windows. Like it was super it was an impressive
1: piece of whatever <laughs> it, it was. It was aggressive. Yeah.
0: Uh, so they, um, mom is totally in denial about how bad the little kid is. Um, just the this the scene in the playground where he will not stop screaming her name. And, and she doesn't ever go... Samuel, I'll like... Something I, I think I've, I'm going to try desperately to teach my son... And people that have kids that are listening to this podcast are going to laugh their ass off of me... Is like, if I'm talking to somebody... Like I, you have to wait your turn to talk. Yeah, and that is
1: an important thing to it learn. It seems like a very good, reasonable, and, practical. And thing. it is
0: probably a long time uphill battle to teach children that. But Samuel has no concept of that. He's screaming his mom's name until he suddenly climbs to the top of the swing set and throws himself off. Yeah. I, or I assume he throws himself off because the next clip we get is poor Samuel's mom. What's her name in the movie? Amelia. Amelia driving him home, and as usual, Samuel's in the back scre- seat screaming. Screaming bloody murder. uh, This time, you know, not just for fun, but because he's got a broken leg or something.
1: Yeah, he um, has a lot of outbursts. He kicks the seat and the car behind like his mother's driver's seat. Yeah. Um, He, yeah, just is a lot to handle. But... Or did you have more on your list of of incidents? Well, so on the way, I think on the way, home,
0: at the very end of the birthday party. So at the birthday party, we get this kind of confrontation between uh, the mom and I think it's her sister, Claire. It's her sister, yeah. Yeah, about like, hey, your husband died seven years ago. Like, can you maybe kind of, like, are you, it's probably time to get over this. And... Uh, they have this back and forth at which, you know, she's, def- they're like, oh, by the way, Samuel is just, I mean, they, in the nicest way possible there, maybe not the nicest way, but they're, they're telling her like, we don't like Samuel. That kid is a terror and she's defending him. She's going to bat for him. And then Ruby, of course, terrible timing for Samuel. Ruby's going after him about like, you don't have a dad, like all sorts of nasty shit. And then he like head butts her out of the playground, And, of course, Claire comes and scoops up her daughter, who's now got a bloody nose, and, you know, uh, uh, Amelia runs to Sam, (laughs) and they're like, and this is what I'm talking about. Samuel's so bad. And Samuel yells out, I wrote it down to his mom, I hate you. She won't let me have a birthday party. She won't let me have a dad. Like, Mm. just like, oh, my God, like this kid has the worst timing later in the movie he's what, going
1: through stuff though. yeah that's
0: just like a cry for help right yeah. there like
1: this kid is not getting yeah so, so
0: oh oh and i i almost forgot this poor widow which by the by far is what, what i took away from this movie uh and i gotta give uh my soon-to-be baby mama lovely girlfriend lauren credit for this she's like the most the scariest part of this movie is having to be a widow parent like that is the scariest part of this movie, having to raise this terror of a kid like alone like that. Like that, it that is scary. But this poor woman, she can't even get a minute or two to what herself. What she needs
1: is a lock on her dang door. I mean, <laughs> that is mean Maybe that would have just yeah. solved that whole problem. Yeah.
0: Um, but uh, yeah, Samuel. Samuel gets pulled out of school. Mom, mom hasn't signed him up for a new school. She's trying to figure out what's going on, which is uh, when we meet the, the literature in this movie
1: yeah the big old book that's yeah, which part- is really like a binder it's not even like a book yeah and that's what's spooky though too it's that you don't know who wrote the book it just don't really know where it came from i kind of wish uh they yeah, actually know i think it's scary not knowing the origin of the book um, yeah but it's this red book uh, red cover called the Duke and it's a picture book looks like a kid's book at first and then as the mother's reading it to samuel as a bedtime story because he picks it out they realize that it's not really a sweet comforting fairy tale yeah at Um, first i was kind of like why would she ever start
0: reading a book that she didn't recognize but then i remember parenting samuel uh, she's like then,
1: I need to do whatever I need to do yeah. the quickest way to get this kid to go to sleep yeah. and if this is what he wants alright let's give it a shot so yeah. he will calm down and go to bed but they get like basically three pages
0: into it and the first couple pages this are, book are about,
1: freaks him out yeah it's about th-
0: like kind of the incantations that, that the Babadook responds to or how the Babadook shows up in your life, and uh, by so he, by page four or five, she is just not reading anymore, and Samuels yelling at her like, "Does does he get them? Does he get them?" And and the next thing you know, he's crying, and she's
1: trying to read some other book. So the Baba Duke though is this creature. He has this black top hat. He has these white eyes, long fingers, sort of like a where's like a trench coat. It looks like yeah. he's like dressed for winter. He's like dressed for yeah. cooler <laughs> climates, um, and it's all about how the more you deny this creature, the more you pretend or deny his existence the stronger he gets and he yeah. pops up in this kid's room and in the picture book it looks like it's samuel almost is like the character in the book yeah. um like the baba duke i think is in the closet or under the bed and kind of terrorizing this yeah. kid creepy photo or creepy drawings in the, the book. book is creepy i'll um, give you that The it book is. is creepy so as the they are like maybe this is not the best thing to read yeah. samuel has sort of a meltdown the mom puts the book away samuel struggles with sleeping so she goes to a psychiatrist, it looks like. Um, and no, I think it's just actually a doctor because she wants to make an appointment with a psychiatrist. Goes to a doctor, begs him pretty much for some sleep meds or something to help Samuel sleep. Yeah, Gets yeah. tranquilizers well, to help him with sleeping. Because mom's at her wit's end. Yeah, She's
0: like, I can't get this kid to calm down. We got this, you know. This
1: it's a book sets him off. He talks about the Duke with his cousins,
0: saying yeah. that Babadook oh, yes, is gonna right. get he's, them. And I, I I messed that up because he um the the birthday party scene is actually later in the movie, and he's scaring everybody with his, Damn Baba Duke story. And mom's he, just like,
1: I need sleep. Yeah. Samuel enough. So yeah. tranquilizers and she to help. Beg- Samuel. She's
0: the beggar doctor for tranquilizers. And, and he's yeah. like, Well,
1: most parents don't like these. Yeah. And she's like, I need them. <laughs> yeah. So um Mom is trying to get some sleep and then she starts to hear things. Um, she starts to have some experiences in the house where she hears thumping or she hears, you know, something <laughs> off in a distance. Things that happen in the Baba Duke book. Um, and this may not be actually chronological, yeah. but there comes a point where mom is just so freaked out by what's going on. Yeah. She goes to the Babadook book and just rips it apart. Yeah. She shreds she destroys it, it, destroys it. Yeah. Um, and then
0: when, when they start getting haunted, um, there, there's some, there's some parts right around there in the movie where uh, things start to be off in the home and one of them is they're sitting there in their kitchen that just looks like dog shit with like the most like shitty fluorescent lighting eating what appears to be gruel. I don't even know what the, like it looks like they're spooning milk into their mouths like there's not even anything in it and It's like a gray it's, soup. <laughs> it, it's gruel. If, <laughs> if gruel exists in this world, that is what gruel is and uh, or maybe maybe a little thicker. but either way uh, is it is it Samuels has glass in it.
1: Yeah. 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 And There's just
0: no explanation for that. I... I yeah. No, nothing about the Duke puts stuff in your food. Just, okay, there's glass where in did his where to it group. come from? Yeah, so... first, uh, The first of many totally random bullshit that happens in this movie that just kills it for me. Or is it just freaky and it makes oh, you wonder. Yeah. It
1: sucks you in. Mm, so, I, I feel
0: very... I feel... If anything, I feel pushed out more than sucked <laughs> in.
1: Well, I think the scariest part, though, is when the mom destroys the book. Yeah. And then... Next day or so, she goes outside, hears a doorbell ring, looks out, no one's there, and what is on the doorstep? The book is back intact, put together, and the scariest part is, is that when she opens the book... It's her. There's pictures of her drawn in the story. The book is
0: new, and now now in the book she the mom in. There's a mom in the book that kills a little boy. It's creepy. So when she's
1: flipping through the pages, though, I love the way the director shot this and the effects and whoever visually put this together is that the way like it's almost like stop motion. So you see the mom like strangling the son, strangling the dog, slicing her own neck, and then um, it's all very graphic. And you're just like, oh crap! Is yeah. this sort the of book a... even
0: like bleeds? Yeah, I yeah. gotta get in here before we get too far into your love for this
1: book. Come
0: on, it is the most predictable trope in the most predictable place—the end of like the first act, the beginning of the second act. I remember the first time I watched this movie, and when I watched it again, I was like, oh. But this book comes back. Like, it, it is just so... Just, it's done. You know what I mean? Like, there was nothing... wasn't scary to me because I, I knew the book was coming back.
1: What I love, though, is that after she burned... Oh, she actually... Beyond just ripping it she burns the book she burns the book l- later no, i think she she
0: tears it up first right and then she throws it away then it comes back and then she burns and it then she burns it and goes to the police because i i
1: love the scene where she goes to the police station it's the
0: dumbest scene in the movie
1: no you know what's so great about it though is that there's this split second where on the back wall you see the outline of the Duke. you see like a top hat a trench coat no, or blazer. T- no, it's but, hanging
0: on the coat rack. Right. It's the Duke it, outfit. Yeah,
1: which I think is such a great, freaky moment. They do this, like, quick shot of the Duke back there. So then you start to think, oh, like, what's going on with this mom? Is is the Duke real? Is she's starting to hallucinate? Like, you start to see her downfall. I think that split scene, like, that, that like, quick snippet was freaky. See, I thought it bothered me because so to get to this this police
0: scene is, you know, she starts telling people about this babadook thing and they just don't believe her. And finally after the book shows up again and there's the glass and the gruel and there's some other like weird shit happening in the house. She calls Claire and Claire's like, Amelia, I don't have Claire's time like, for this, I'm done with you. Yeah. yeah. I don't go got time to, for this. Go to the police. Like if this is if you're really scared which is uh, honestly not the most ridiculous reaction to someone who is apparently telling you they're having a paranormal experience. is like, it really freaked out. Go to the damn police. She goes to the damn police. She's telling them, like, okay, I'm being stalked. By who? I don't know. I think it's this thing called the Duke. He left There's a book. This book. He Where's the book?
1: I burned it. I burned it. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, how like, much else we can do for you. Yeah.
0: And then right when he says that, she looks behind him and on the coat rack is his Duke outfit. And then she's like, oh oh, I gotta, never mind. And then she starts, the way the camera works away around the room is she looks at the different people like, are they the Babadook? Are the police in on the Babadooking that's happened to me? And she, like, like a crazy person runs out of the police department and then we never get back to that. No. There's no other part of the movie where she, like, sees the Babadook in something or somewhere other than in her house when they're having the Babadook haunting.
1: I think she sees the cops as just totally distrusting her and disbelieving her and she's realizing that she's coming off untrustworthy or or crazy and is... I don't know if she thinks the cops are in on it, but... There is a part, though, in the basement, I think when the son's in the basement, yeah. where you see on the wall, um, like, the Babadook... A similar-looking coat blazer, because the husband, father's stuff is all in the basement. Yeah, so.
0: that's... It, the basement's kind of important in this movie because it's where... Uh, the mom keeps everything from the father and there's Samuel has this kind of throughout the movie he wants to be down there he wants to be playing with things at one point mom goes down and he's taken a bunch of dad's clothes and he's kind of pinned them to the wall in the shape of a man and it scares mom but then she realized like he was down there trying to play with his dad it's like one of the only genuine parts of the movie in my like one of the only parts of the movie that actually resonates with me because the rest of it is either way too predictable or way too nonsensical for me to like really get scared and I wanted to be scared. Well, the
1: symbol—the symbolism of the basement, I think, is huge here. So that's where she like stores, like you said, all the husband's stuff. Yeah. It's storage. And she like locks it away. And that's the whole point of this movie is that yeah. Babadook is this manifestation of this mother's grief. It's yeah, like it's- her untreated grief and like what happens when you don't deal with your shit. So um, I think that the movie is scary because it's, different i feel like other it's not your traditional linear formulaic horror movie that's what i like about it i like that it kind of tackles this other subject and it presents it in this scary kind of way through this creature the babadook um and there's all these references and not even references the mother flat out says at certain times in the movie i haven't been good since your dad died i'm sick sam i need help um it's that time of year um you know, th- this is, like, a rough time for me. Oh, that's actually the neighbors saying, I know this is a rough time for you. So I think that when you see the effect of, you know, her husband's death that has on her, I think it's scary. I think it's scary seeing that all kind of come about and come alive um, through, through the Duke Yeah. That's what's unique about this movie. Yeah. There's, um... I, I don't know. It just didn't... It didn't, like...
0: It didn't work for me. I didn't think the way they said. It. A lot of like really random stuff happens. I kind of want to talk about some of the 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 random stuff that starts happening to them. Is you know they get haunted by the Baba Duke. And, you know, the mom starts, like, seeing things in a TV program about, like, a mother killing her son. And she the mom, like, sees herself in it. And she's only watching, like, movies from, like, the 1920s. And she's getting really scared about them. And there's all this, you know, there's this hole in the wall when the DHS people show. Oh, yeah. So that's another thing. These so, scenes are priceless, <laughs> man. Sorry. This cannot not have been yeah. any
1: worse timing. Just with- when
0: you started to forget how annoying the kid was child welfare shows up and they want to know hey we we see we've taken your son out of school uh, we need to make sure that you have a plan going
1: forward. And he starts saying, I can't remember when he starts saying. Is this, is that what he starts talking about the drugs? Well, this is to the point where mom is giving him tranquilizers more than what he needs too. Because yeah. he actually at one point is like, I don't need that, and she's like, Take it. Yeah. So DHS is there, and there, and he spits out, Yeah, I'm not in school. And mom gives me drugs really, pretty much. <laughs> I'm really every tired night. from the pills mom yeah. gives me.
0: And then they do, which uh, all professionals in the child welfare field should do is they separate mom from child and start trying to talk to them individually and they do do that yeah what is going on (laughs) mom is
1: disheveled the house is a mess so a lot of warning signs Mm -hmm. um and it and he's
0: just he's just saying the least helpful Thing his family is going through a paranormal, experience. but I'm glad he is. And he's saying the least helpful things to his mom's not in his right mind though, or oh, right God. mind. So
1: yeah, but uh, yeah, so that happens yeah. um, at some
0: point in this part where mom starts losing her mind. She tells him to eat shit, which <laughs> <yeah>. is <laughs>
1: just like when she does that. I was like, it's my favorite scene in the movie right so there. So mom I've been dying to tell this kid to eat shit for an hour now. So like towards the end of the movie, mom just transforms completely, becomes this rageful, yeah. creepy you know, version and extension of herself. She's going after the kid. She's able to almost climb up walls and like open doors with superhuman strength.
0: We start to see the Babadook or kind of like fig like figures of the Babadook, his shape. He's got these, he's got these gangly fingers. He's got a hat. You know, we start seeing him around and she starts to, it's really after she starts to, when they get the new version of the book, the one that she burns that has her killing the child. She, she ends up killing the dog. Which I was not a fan of. Which I can't even remember why she kills the dog.
1: Because I think it's just this extension of her untreated Mm. grief. Like, it's just, like, one of the things she she can become and that's, like, inside of her that she's capable of being by not having addressed her issues
0: so you're just are you just gonna make up like a attenuated metaphor for every part of this movie that doesn't make sense is that is that where we're headed here
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think it makes complete sense yeah, i was um, like okay no she kills I this dog. there's certain parts that don't make sense i think i get that part because she's just losing it but um that scene destroyed me and i actually get more upset now watching dogs get killed in movies than people um but yeah that was a hard scene <laughs> Uh, and then completely unnecessary death, um, but yeah. So mom strangles a dog. She starts to like separate herself from the really sweet yeah. elderly neighbor, which I felt so bad for yeah. when she starts like kind of brushing her off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so mom pretty much goes after the child for like, yeah. A-
0: well, so there's a scene, and I think it's to me it was the only scene that I that I, in the movie that I was really like. That's real good. That that was actually well done. Mom is so the kid's getting the tranquilizers all the time, and mom's like really struggling to sleep even when he's tranquilized. She's kind of like you've seen a lot of horror movies where someone starts to live in that insomniac state where they're kind of awake but kind of asleep all the time, and all of a sudden. She's woken up. She sees Samuel that's all bloody. And she's like... Oh, and she runs over to him. And all of a sudden it cuts and Samuel's going like... Mom, mom, mom. And she's holding a knife in her hand. Which the Babadook book has the mom killing the boy in the book by the knife. And that's one of the scenes where you're like... Oh, things are really coming off the rails for these characters. They're not like... the, the Reality is there is becoming only very loosely gripped by these characters. But then yeah, mom, mom becomes... Like, she 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 goes after her, her son. She tells him in the kitchen. She's like, I want you to meet your dad. It's beautiful there. Yeah.
1: At which Samuel realizes, oh shit, I'm about to get murdered by my mom. Samuel's a smart boy because he sees through this. He knows that there's something up with his mom. He knows that she's not right. She, he tries to call the neighbor for help. Mom finds out, like, cuts the phone wire. Yep, yep. Um, And is not having any of it what i thought was interesting too so well before that is that you know mom is saying all these like really nasty things to her son, like i wish you were never born yada yada along yeah. those lines and what i read is that um so pretty much because some of those lines were so rough and harsh they didn't want to destroy the little boy that played samuel and traumatize him yeah so they would have an adult stand in Um, I guess when mom was delivering those lines and when the actress was actually delivering that just to not psychologically destroy the kid. And I read that they also had to kind of uh, water down the premise and the point of the movie so this kid can understand it better yeah, and to well not they, scare him.
0: They they basically made a, a different plot of them they they basically made a different plot of the movie to tell him where it's like it's about this little boy that saves his mom and all those really nasty scenes yeah. where we see the mom and I okay I will say she's good. Like, she's good in this movie. She does a nice job. Like, you feel her pain throughout it. But yeah. all the scenes where she's yelling is she really... Yeah. All, all the scenes where she's yelling these really nasty things at Samuel, they're close-ups on her. And I didn't realize this until I learned more about the movie afterward, that, oh, they really did that creatively to make sure it wasn't some yeah. kid. Like, I remember when we, when we watched Child's play, there's a scene where he's in the mentalist who should go, he's gonna kill me he's gonna kill me and it's like you probably like shouldn't make a child say that even for its effect on film yeah and i was glad to hear that they uh they didn't they didn't put the boy in this movie in uh in those kind of positions because you know kids are like sponges that's something i've
1: wondered too is these child actors that are featured in horror movies or star in you know these really dark types of films is does it mess them up do they or do they maybe do okay because they see it from behind the scenes and see that it's sort of make-believe and pretend? Yeah. I, mean, I guess you think of certain child actors that were in horror movies that went on to not do super well, but I don't know. It was just something I thought about. So yeah, I think it was nice that they kind of censored some things around this kid,
0: but circling back because we, we have a very important kind of sequence in the movie. It's really the third act that makes absolutely no sense to
1: me. All right. So she
0: tells him, uh, I, it's, I want you to meet your dad. It's beautiful there. He realizes my mom is about to kill me and he stabs her. And then she chases him like down the stairs into the basement where he set up all these booby traps which get her, and then he kinda like ties her up in the basement
1: to restrain her. By the way, he ties her up like an expert. I'm like, How does this kid know like, this stuff? He so has wh-
0: way better knowledge of physics than any child that yeah, age it was has.
1: Pretty remarkable. Yeah. So
0: she's tied up and he's she's like, Let me go and he's yelling at her like, you know, or he's yelling at her. I love you, I'm not gonna leave you. And and then I'm trying to remember... Oh, yeah, he comes over to her. She wriggles out of this very complicated thing and, like, starts strangling him. But then he breaks free and then then she pukes some blood. Yeah. So we get that, like, she was... ...possessed by the Babadook... ...because there's a scene early in the movie... ...where she like climbs the wall... ...like she's Linda Blair... ...and then the Babadook... ...looks like it flies into her back...
1: ...it like goes into her almost... ...and
0: then I guess... ...and then she chases him around the house... ...and tries to kill him... Mm. ...and then she pukes up some blood... And then suddenly the Babadook isn't, it's just like, come on, Joe. This like, is it
1: too much for you what at are, that point? What are
0: we doing? It's like up and down, back and forth. I don't like, need to be complete Random
1: stuff. I don't need it to be realistic totally. Me neither. I don't need it to make complete sense. Me but, neither. It's a horror movie. Right. I think overall I still get the point. I see like where they're going, where they're coming at. So I think that might have just been more for like a shock value too. But I think at that point you see, okay, she's, like, purged herself of what the Babadook represents. She's going to be a little better there on out. Yeah,
0: and then, but, no, so she's better all of a sudden. The Babadook's out of her, and she's like, oh, I love my demon son again. And then he gets sucked up the stairs. And she's like, oh, my God, she chases him upstairs. And then she starts to, like a little and like threaten the Babadook upstairs and she's trying to get Sam back and then they actually yell at each other a little bit. She gets in like an argument with the Babadook yeah. and then.
1: She's taking charge of her life. She's finally being yeah. able to uh yeah. stand up to the thing. I mean I think yeah. it's. Yeah she stands up
0: to the metaphor and the metaphor <laughs> backs down. I get it. And then the Babadook flies into the basement and it's just like I watched 30 minutes of movie, 20 minutes of movie that
1: don't. They don't make any sense. Things happen back and forth. But were you entertained, though, at least? Even um, if it doesn't make sense, were you still still kind of captured by it?
0: Somewhere around the... so somewhere around the point in the movie where like she throws up blood and then she gets in an argument with the Babadook, I started streaming Monday Night Football on my computer while I was watching. Well, luckily <laughs> that was towards the end of the movie, Yeah. So you got through most of the movie yeah. anyway. No, so I, I jokes on true. you. I, I need a bumper sticker. I survived Joe making me watch the Babadook. Oh my gosh. I survived this podcast. Can Can we get to the end, which is absolutely ridiculous. The ending so, is so great. So kid, there or Babadook gets sucked into the basement. Mom's better son is better and I'm doing air
1: quotes here. They finally celebrate his birthday on on his his actual birthday. birthday. Because they always do it on his
0: cousin's birthday. Yeah. No wonder she won't have a Birthday party with this crazy ass on her birthday, and oh, and then uh child welfare shows up, and he continues to say completely
1: unhelpful shit for his mom's case to keep
0: her child to child welfare. But I'm
1: kind of again, it's good thing he did say those things earlier because mom was not in the right mind. No, right no. mind. But um, and then
0: and then, do you want to do you want to explain explain to me and the viewers what the hell happens in the last three minutes of the movie? Yeah,
1: so the ending, you see that mom gathers. Some They're gardening. S- some soil, some worms in a bowl, in a dish to go feed something in the basement. You're not sure what's in the basement. You have a hunch maybe, but she, <laughs> the boy, Samuel's like, oh, can I go with you? And Mom's like, no, I got this. Yeah, gotta do this on my own. Thus, she's talking about, you know, it's it, all going back to this grief with her husband's death. And now she's finally got a, a hold of it. It's in control. It's like still a part of her, but it's, it's kind of tucked away. So she kind of feeds this creature in the basement who... Is presumably the Babadook or in some, some form it's of it. It's definitely the Babadook. It starts to come at her.
0: Yeah. And then she feeds it a bowl of mud so and it's worms. So it still like
1: terrorizes her. It still freaks her out. But she's able to control it more. She's able to kind of look at it head on. I don't know why the Babadook craves soil and worms. And worms. I was kind of like, is that... All it wants. I don't know. I was like, where is this coming yeah, you from? you really gave this movie every
0: bit of deference. <laughs> I did. Uh, because... But I
1: can acknowledge when it's a little silly, like the worm soil thing. Okay, not necessary. I think in general, I struggle with movies where like, the end
0: answer to things that happen was, oh, it's a metaphor for something. In this movie, it just felt, and I, I should really have been nicer. I had every intention to be nicer in this podcast because uh, Miss Kent and everybody else that worked on it, obviously, this is a piece of art, and I want to be respectful of art, but, like... you not tell your opinion, too, I, I just, It I didn't mean, work for me. That's There's, there's too fine. much random shit that happens. The, the kid is unlikable. When she starts telling him, like, go eat shit, and, like, all sorts of crazy shit, I'm, like... Great. I this I I understand this kid has had a tough life without his dad, but holy cow, I agree with Aunt Claire. He is intolerable and you need to get him in order. And then yeah. the whole third act is just bananas and then i get it right it's a big metaphor for like repressing your grief and how grief was the grief of lo- losing a loved one is always part of you but you learn how to manage it but she manages it with a bowl of worms that she feeds it and he almost the babadook almost attacks her i was just like this is dumb what are we I doing don't,
1: i think the boy yeah has his issues but a lot of that's because of the mother not getting a hold of her stuff so i think we got a point yeah, the finger a little bit yeah. at her. It's not totally all his fault. <laughs> You're giving, uh, like,
0: a lot of credit to what could only be off-screen character development. <laughs> like, things about this family
1: that we're not shown. I feel like I know them in a different <laughs> way. No, but um, yeah. I think, but again, what I liked about this movie is that it's not just your regular run-of-the-mill horror film. Like, it does tackle a different issue in a kind of creative, clever way. And I'm not a parent, but I can imagine, like, a lot of parents, I don't know, maybe some parents, like grief aside like you get frustrated with your kid yeah, like yeah. it's kind of realistic like you want to say these nasty things to your kids too and you have those feelings and it's kind of it's you learn realistic not to so. maybe express those or whatever but yeah i i feel like maybe from a parent's point of view this movie would be a different would, would take on a different meaning in some way yeah, um but I, overall i really enjoyed it i thought it was again just um, so
0: our, our two questions that we're going to end with. My 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 answers are obviously pretty easy. Is uh, you know, would you recommend it? And was it scary? To both, I would say no. Especially now it's not free on Netflix. Like God, <laughs> if you were at the bottom of the Netflix barrel and it was on there, I'd say go ahead, fire up the Babadook. But like it just, I. I feel like I anticipated parts of the movies that should have been shocking and it and it kind of drags on a little bit and it's only 90 minutes like a 90 minute movie shouldn't feel like it lulls a whole lot especially a horror movie and I, I get it. I, I understand the kind of the point they were going for with this being this vehicle for grief, but it just felt a little heavy-handed, and it didn't scare me. At mm. the end of the day, like even though there are parts of it was good, I thought some of the performances were decent. I thought they actually did a pretty okay job with special effects, despite a very small budget and not, you know, not being Hollywood. It's an Australian horror movie, but at the end of the day, it just wasn't. It wasn't my cup of tea. So. For you, Joe, I'm guessing, would you recommend it, and was it scary, is a double yes.
1: Duh. Yeah, it's a yes to all the above. Yeah. Go see it. Go have some fun. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, what I thought was kind of cool, and I give her credit for it the director, she said that there's not going to be a sequel. So, again, the movie didn't do very well when it was first released. did much better over time. Yeah. And when that so, happens, usually there's a sequel in the works because th- there's more money. There's another thing to talk about. This movie is I am in the outlier
0: of this movie. If you look up this movie on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like a ninety something percent, you know, audience or ninety something percent review certified, certified fresh. And then it's like, like I don't even remember. It's like eighties or nineties for the audience too. So I am the outlier. So if if you're trying to get a feel for what we think is scary on this podcast, Joe really likes this movie it doesn't work for me for the reasons that I joke through, through this podcast but this is a this is a very interesting kind of uh, debacle
1: for us to find ourselves in where we feel so differently about a movie yeah. and i i'm definitely the outlier um the other thing that i think is really unique about this film is that the Babadook duke has become this gay icon almost the which is so crazy to me because it there there's no reference
0: at any point in the movie to sexuality with the babadook. I he's think... not an incubus, he's not like he's not a sexual creature for the mom, he's not a sexual creeper f- creature for the boy or anyone else. Like there's no reference to the babadook's sexuality and apparently this thing just like blew up on Tumblr. Somebody threw it out on Tumblr.
1: Babadook's gay and it became the it became a whole thing I think it was more of just a joke initially there was something about how it may have been listed as an LGBTQ movie on Netflix accidentally and then that's what kind of sparked this but whatever the origin is it's sort of just the Babadook has kind of just been a very popular figure in the gay community I think possibly it could just be because of his very distinct fashion choices he has this like <laughs> he's a cloak and ridiculous a hat top hat This like very specific outfit with the coat yeah um you guys didn't get
0: this in the first episode uh because we ended up having to cut it out but joe has taken lgbt film so is our he's our podcast expert. i mean
1: yeah <laughs> uh i i mean i'm sure you can look at this movie from that lens um i don't necessarily see the babadook having any sexuality really or i mean a gender even but um yeah it's just kind of an interesting thing that's come out of this movie so knowing that now it watching it again made me sort of appreciate the babadook more or just kind of find him more interesting in a way Um, but yeah, for whatever yeah. reasons, the Duke has become this really popular gay character or this gay icon almost featured in like Pride. Like, <laughs> he has yeah. like all this merchandise. They, so. I, I
0: read, I, I saw that they had like showings of this movie during LA Pride to like hmm. raise money for stuff. Yeah. Which, by the way, for those of you keeping score at home, uh Joe, Joe re-loving the Duke after having that information it has got to be the fourth or fifth instance in this podcast of Joe reading off-screen context into this movie that we don't know. And Joe, Joe has this new explanation for it. Yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, so um, I think it's sort of a cool... Outcome of the movie, yeah. but uh, yeah, so you the Biology
0: check it out, check it out. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's something, it's, I almost have to
1: recommend it because so many other people like it, yeah. Like, it's not for me, but but I maybe appreciate it is. that just because everyone else is for raving people. about it and it has this really high rating, you don't feel compelled that you have to like jump on the bandwagon. So that's cool, like, you yeah. have your own interpretation of it. It's not for everyone, I loved it, you're kind of eh about it, yeah. but. You know, yeah. there's gonna be a lot of movies like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and
0: hopefully, hopefully more of them on this podcast where we don't just be yes. like, "That movie is awesome." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: it was a very healthy debate we had. I thought. Yeah. A fun episode. Um, hey, che- cheers. Civil. So, yeah. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah. Before we go,
0: one more time, yeah. if you if you want to get a figure out what we're doing and what we're you know what's coming up next, uh, news about us, Instagram is absolutely the best way. At horror on the rocks, spelled completely normal way, all one word. That's where we'll have the latest updates for you about what we're doing. Other places we're available. Um, perhaps previews of future episodes. But yeah, thanks for coming back for episode two, or or joining us at episode two for the first time. Yeah, and uh, happy Halloween. Yeah, see you next time. Later. Why do you have to keep talk, talk, talking? Don't you ever stop? I was just... I need to sleep. I'm sorry, Mummy. I was just really hungry. If you're that hungry, why don't you go and eat shit?